Welcome to CTO Confessions with TC Gill. Brought to you by IT Labs. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and variations thereupon. This episode of CTO Confessions is brought to you by the one and only IT Labs, providing high-performing teams for distributed agile development. High five to that with gloves on. And your host today, again, is TC Gill, your Chief Talking Officer, IT Labs Agile Jedi Warrior, working to instill agile values and principles in any nook and cranny he can find. That's right. The subject today is automobile e-commerce industry amid corona disruption. I really need to get better at writing these titles. That's my doing. And our guest today is Eugene, speaking from the US of A, California. While I'm stuck here in Blighty, or the UK as it's commonly known, or Great Britain, if you want to be really posh about it. So we have our guest here, Eugene. Hello, Eugene. Hi, how are you? Very good, thanks. It's actually sunny here in the UK, and uh, which is obviously a bit of a rare thing uh, for us. How's it over there? It's very nice and sunny and warm, and there's birds chirping and, you know, sunny California. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever get bored of the good weather? Uh, no, not at all. I, I think, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I don't mind it uh, drizzling or raining like maybe one or two days out of the year. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's right. I think, I think we have the opposite problem here. It's kind of uh, pretty consistent here, you know. So, Eugene, obviously you're the Senior Vice President uh, of Software Engineering at US Auto Parts, and, and you're joining us today to talk about the kind of technological problems or challenges that you have uh, in your industry, in your job, in particular in this period. So, what is it that you do? Sure. So, um, I've uh, joined uh, US Auto Parts about a, almost a year ago, and uh, my responsibility is to make sure that the e-commerce sites and everything that revolves around that are humming and performing very well and uh, you know managing the people that are responsible for all this and making sure that they are also spending their time and energy in the, the most effective manner and that they're enjoying working for us auto parts oh cool okay so there's kind of human element to it as well as well as the technological side Definitely, definitely. Do, do, do you find that quite challenging? You know, over the years, I think I've kind of grown out of the challenges, hopefully, uh, I would say. Uh, I think, you know, with this coronavirus, uh, of course, we have new challenges with technology and how to uh, interact with each other. Um, but I would say that uh, uh, overall, I enjoy uh, working with people and having that type of interaction. Brilliant. Yeah, that's good. And uh, in terms that you mentioned e-commerce, is this is selling directly to customers or is it kind of to the industry uh, kind of garages as well? I would, I would say a little bit of both, but I would say majority uh, over 90% is to customers. Okay, right. Our One of our flagship websites is carparts.com. That's becoming more and more popular. Obviously, it's very easy to remember. <laughs> You're looking yes. for car parts. Yes, and you just yeah. type in carparts.com. Yes, that's right. It's uh, not nice for the old SEO and uh, catch a lot of people. And ju just out of interest, uh, being in the UK, I'm unfortunate. I've got lots of friends that are mechanics, and so I don't need to worry about things like this. Uh, but uh, do you, do you uh, are you just in the US or are you elsewhere as well? 
at the moment we're in the US uh, primarily because the obviously the cars that are manufactured for Europe are manufactured slightly differently so okay. the parts are different um, but that may not always be the case it's just right now um, from a market share point of view it makes sense for us to really focus on the US market sure yeah kind of keep it um, keep it simple you know exactly brilliant so how, how long have you been doing this role then close to a year and and what other industries have you worked in so I've worked in uh, various tech industries, uh, primarily in the SaaS-based uh, space. Uh, I've worked in a HR space, uh, building an alumni platform. Cool. I've uh, worked in gaming industry, making games. I've worked in oh, fintech, wow. where we build a payment platform for kids. Um, and I've worked in other areas like vulnerability scanning, uh, even x-ray machines at the early onset of my career. Wow. Uh, as well as uh, document printing for the mortgage industry. Wow. That's, that's quite varied, actually, isn't it? Yeah, I think I would say I'm a technologist and I really enjoy the complexities of uh, the different uh, companies. Mm. Primarily because what I found in my career is that you can take something and apply it from one industry to another. And a lot of times the industries themselves are so uh, focused on uh, how everybody does it within their industry. Sure. That they, uh, I'm able to provide a much more succinct solution in some cases. Yes. Given uh, I can adapt something that was already done for one industry into another. Excellent. Yeah, that's um, having that ability to kind of cross-pollinate ideas and, and ways of doing stuff, you know, different patterns from different places. Exactly. Excellent. So in terms of, uh, you know, this kind of current period, I mean, stating the obvious, you know, the, the outbreak of the coronavirus, uh, in terms of, you know, your role and, and, and how that has been for you, I mean, what's, be, what's been the impact for you? So for for our industry is is quite interesting. So obviously if you look at, you know, the IHS study globally there's been a 22% vehicle sales decline year over year. Um but there is also a 35% uh national uh national uh week over week increase in registration volumes this past week. So um, you know, you could see that there was a decline and maybe hopefully it's going on the trajectory coming back up. Uh, but I think from an industry perspective, uh, at least uh, what I think might happen, I don't know if this is the case, but that um, we will have people commuting via cars more frequently just because they're you know, either afraid or don't want to spread germs or, you yes. know, things like that as part of public transportation. So from a vehicle perspective, I see a rebound probably in the vehicles first uh, and then public transportation second. Right. Especially airplanes. Uh, and then, um, you know, overall, I would say like, uh, you know, SEMA, for example, is another uh, study um, company that does studies they've shown an overall aftermarket e-commerce sales are up uh, as part of, you know, the this past month. Right. So it's interesting, I think, to see that, yes, vehicles are down, but sales when it comes to e-commerce uh, overall has been 
uh, on the trajectory up because people are spending time at home. They still yes. want to buy the things that they want to buy. Um, they have extra time to maybe repair their car yes. uh, that they haven't been driving for the last month or so Yeah, uh, in anticipation that they will be driving, right? Yes. So th there's some interesting parts that are happening within our industry. Yeah, so you can see the behavior. I mean, walking along the street here, you can see people outside, you know, polishing their cars and, you know, under the under the bonnet, you know, you don't see that very often, if, if I'm honest. So in terms of the kind of technology, um, I, I imagine you've got teams of teams and teams of people working for you, uh, making sure that these e-commerce sites are up and running. What's uh, what's been the, the impact uh, have there been any changes in the way you you manage that or technologies that you've had to bring in? So I'm a big proponent of having teams work around the clock, meaning uh, around the sun or follow the sun. Sure. So um, we as an organization are also following that where we have teams, uh, you know, in various areas of the globe. Um, and uh, I would say that it has been an immediate challenge uh, when uh, the acceleration of COVID cases happened, right? Uh, I think uh, the teams had to transition really quickly. We had issues with some team members not having the right hardware at home. Oh, right. Okay. Um, because, uh, you know, they got uh, um, shut off from the area where uh, our offices were. And they had to uh, immediately, you know, transfer where they're working, right? Okay. So there were challenges like that. Um, but then, you know, most, as most uh, areas, I would say, in human society, we are very good at overcoming some of these challenges. We had people drive hardware over to people's houses. We've had right. people get used to working via uh, video conferencing software that they may have not been using as frequently. Yes, uh, I would say overall, I think it's it's amazing how people overcome these challenges. Uh, yeah, we've. We've had to instate a few things, of course, uh, to boost morale and, you know, work with each other. Uh, something fun that we're doing is on Fridays, we do a Whiskey Friday. Oh, cool. And, you know, <laughs> everyone drinks their own different liquids, so it's not necessarily whiskey. It might be coconut water. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but overall, uh, I would say, you know, we need to... Keep in mind that we're working remote, but we still need human interaction, and it's very important to all of us. Yes. And with that, uh, I would say our, I think our largest gathering uh, of the team was uh, 35 people. Right. Uh, at one time, uh, I thought that was pretty good. But that gets noisy, doesn't it? A bit chaotic. You know, it would get noisy i'm sure you've seen some skits where uh people are <laughs> coming in on the call and uh everyone's talking over each other but when you're in a video conference it's very easy to see the motion yes. and who's gonna talk and about to talk so yes. it becomes a little bit more natural I that's think. right you, you, people find that kind of dance of when the space when the gaps are you know uh, and the less less collisions interesting point and in terms of effectiveness of people working remotely um and and, and managing to kind of keep this uh, huge kind of uh, infrastructure running going um, solving problems is have you had any challenges around that no, I would say that uh, given we are an e-commerce business and we do uh, try to 
keep everything running 24-7 and resilient already. Yeah. Uh, we've been able to actually support this uh, throughout um, all of the, um, you know, interesting aspects of uh, this pandemic. So w one of the things you mentioned was that hardware needs to be kind of like moved around. Is cloud part of your kind of solution uh, in terms of providing the ability for your workers to, to kind of log in and do their, do their work? Uh, yes, uh, it is. Uh, cloud definitely is part of that. Um, but you have to remember that in our uh, industry, uh, e-commerce specifically, not everyone buys things uh, online. Uh, some still call in. Oh, yes. Uh, so you do have an aspect of a call center. And, you know, we have to consider that not everyone is working in the United States and makes a, a wage where they can own a personal computer at home and have a car and right. everything else right okay uh, in areas like philippines uh, we have people who are very de dedicated to their craft and uh, work really really hard but uh, you know their computer is basically their la uh, cell phone right wow and so when you need to actually get work done on a call center type of system where they're making an order for for the customer on behalf of the customer um, they actually need a desktop screen and be able to make those calls sure and uh, if they don't have a computer at home they really need that hardware yeah yeah it's it's, it's an interesting point because you kind of just assume that you know everyone's going to have this stuff but i guess there's kind of parts parts of the globe where things aren't as kind of common and uh, and available so you mentioned that you know working with these remote teams um, using kind of video conferencing and and uh, and phone conferencing uh, and and motivating them. So it's interesting that you're kind of creating these events where people get together and and uh, create that human connection, even though they're not with each other. I, I guess that there have been kind of uh, some challenges around uh, people not being able to adapt to to this new way of working. There's definitely some growing pains there. Uh, some of uh, the people are just used to the in-person interruptibility uh, where you can walk over to somebody's desk yes. and just ask a question. With working remote, you end up being more of an isolated experience, yeah, right? Yes. Where everyone's isolated uh, and they work, but then they interact when they need to interact. We've been able to resolve some of that uh, by migrating to video conferencing systems that allow us to call the person immediately yeah. and also see whether or not they're free and busy. And that has helped uh, a lot there. What also has helped is, um, you know, as part of a new project, we're finding that it's very important for documentation, whereas before we can just follow common knowledge and be able to have kind of a herd mentality yes. and just come over to somebody and ask a question and not have to go and look at the documentation. Yeah. What we're finding now is because the person uh, is working on a bigger block of time, it's better to kick off this project and build the documentation at the beginning. Yes. And we're using, you know, as a good example of something that's been very useful for us that we haven't used before is, um, when we're using GitLab for our um, our documentation of our code, yes, we're also using tools like Mermaid, 
to document the flowchart uh, using uh, you know markdown and notations there. Cool. Which which kind of make you know from a technology point of view make all the documentation in one place and just make makes it a lot easier for everybody. Yeah, yeah. I I have um you know on projects that I've worked on in the past uh, I refer to it as documentation debt you know where there isn't enough documentation there somebody leaves and you know all this kind of knowledge walks out the door so so yeah it's interesting that you're you're uh, addressing that one of the things um just to share from personal experience using uh, wikis you know uh, kind of quick fast uh, collection of data um in terms of people you haven't been taken on onboarding many people at the moment it's existing staff yeah, uh, it, it's true. It, there's existing staff, but we are trying to scale up certain areas of our business. And uh, as a good example, uh, one of my QA managers has been interviewing for QA uh, leads, and he's had to resolve to interviewing people virtually instead of in person. It's yes. a very different uh, challenge now. You end up relying more on you know video conferencing software again. <laughs> yes. I think, yeah. Uh, I would I would have to say that that's from a technology point of view that has been a big growth, right? Yes. Before we we're talking in person, but now instead of making a phone call, we're we want to see the video, right? Yes. And um, and uh, you know, also on testing, right? Because now it's harder for that interaction within the office uh, for that interview process. So providing a test and really seeing how, you know, how well that person can perform. Yes. Has helped us uh, make sure that we can continue hiring even that's brilliant even at this time it's good to good to hear that you're uh, still taking on people because i imagine everything would have come to a, a standstill but um, it's good to hear that yeah you're still moving forward on that uh, and in terms of um I, well we kind of mentioned the onboarding process uh, and and then trying to get pe- teams to gel when new people come on board you get that kind of signature of the teams changing is that um is that something that you've uh, managed to make better yeah, definitely. I would say that uh, you know things, social interactions, uh, like even that Whiskey Friday. <laughs> we've had some people who have joined, and that was the way that we introduced them as being able to introduce them to a wide variety of people from yes. different uh, teams in a very social atmosphere, where they're not being introduced and have to start talking about projects and work right away. Yes, uh, has helped uh, in that area. Uh, and then also, you know, it puts a face on that person uh, and everyone kind of gets to know that person on a personal level. Yes. Uh, that's, how, that's good. That's helped us a lot. Yeah, I think that's really powerful. People get to see the human being first before you start talking about the kind of technical stuff. And uh, and it's interesting, Just like, I'm just kind of imagining, you know, when people bring their drink to the call, you know, you know, you see another dimension of somebody and then it creates a point of conversation as well, right. you know, from a social perspective. And it's not even just drinks. People putting backgrounds or all kinds of things yes. that they're, <laughs> yeah. they're putting up. Just that, yeah. that whole aspect of things is really interesting. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's quite, it's quite funny. It's, it's interesting because my daughter uh, learned how to stick a backdrop onto uh, onto Zoom, and uh, now it's just like some of the stuff that ends up back there. Um, but uh, so excellent in terms of you know your industry then and uh, and the technology. What so what's working really well and what's not? 
I think from a technology point of view, it's actually quite interesting in our um, in our industry specifically because um, when when we're talking about e-commerce, it's quite you know easy to think that all e-commerce is the same, mm. but in reality, it, it is quite different when it comes to auto parts. If you take let's say a clothing store or um, you know what we're familiar with when when it comes to e-commerce um, you have an item and you just buy the item mm. right but in the auto industry um, specifically auto parts um, when you have an item it can fit many different vehicles right so fitment becomes really important and so that means that your search and everything else has to rely and tie itself to fitment wow um, and so uh, think of it like a bottle cap on a Coca-Cola bottle, right? Mm, yeah. uh, you have that bottle cap, but it might fit one bottle, but it might not fit another, right? Right. And so uh, same thing with vehicles, right? Uh, you look at something like an oxygen sensor and it's a small little part, but uh, where does it get placed within the engine? Uh, if, if it uh, works for that particular year, mm. uh, engine type, uh, all of that uh, is really, really important. Uh, otherwise, what happens is you get a disappointed customer. They spend time uh, to to reach to get that part. They they find that it doesn't fit, uh, and then what do they do? They return it. So yeah. it's a lost sale for us, and it's an unhappy customer for. Yes, you know, I can imagine. Well. Yeah, and, and in terms of feedback loops, when that when that error does occur and it's going to occur i imagine with the volume of sales that you make you know uh, um what what's the kind of uh, feedback mechanism processes you have to kind of correct that so the first part is updating the data making sure that the data is accurate and the second part is making sure that the website serves the customer the right way yes so data fixes are usually easy right we can change the data and make sure that that doesn't happen again. The more difficult parts is adjusting things like your product options or product assortments so that if a customer lands on one part, um, they they understand and see that there's other options. Right. Uh, and so that uh, they can quickly see that, oh, maybe what I'm actually landing on is not what I actually right. want. Right. Okay. That's quite interesting. Yeah, I, I can imagine. I'm just kind of uh, imagining the kind of complexity of how you're trying to track the, the usability because I have been on sites before buying parts and uh, it does does get quite um, uh, intense, you know, in terms of finding the right thing. And, and with cars, it's, mm -hmm. uh, it's, a, it's a huge uh, uh, kind of uh, area of stock. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we do a lot of data gathering to f under, uh, to learn about the customer and how the customer navigates our pages. Right. So that, uh, you know, I work very closely with product team um, and to make sure that anything that we release, any feature we release is going to be to the benefit of the customer. Yeah. And so what we look for is ease of uh, finding uh the item and then ease of checkout those right. i would say um are actually from an industry perspective those don't change right all, all e-commerce is going to try to solve for those two parts it's just 
the first part of finding the bright part is yep. way more challenging in the uh, auto parts industry. Yes. And I, I guess there's also the performance issue around how you search this data and get those search results back. I, I can imagine that's quite a critical area. Yes. Search is, is a huge, huge area for us. Yeah. Um, we want it to be highly performant so that the user is not waiting for too long. Yeah. Uh, and also targeted, you know, um, it, it's quite common that uh, in the auto industry, one part name may actually be named something else, uh, you know, uh, or might have, I would say, not necessarily named something else, but uh, one person might call it one way, another person might call it another way. Sure. And uh, in reality, they're the same part, right? Yes, it's just yes. how you name it. Yeah. So in search, you have to also provide ways to um, link up the, the key terms Yes. Uh, and it gets even, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or spelling. Or yeah. spelling. Fuzzy, <laughs> fuzzy logic is important. Oh, wow. Right. Uh, and then the other part is, is uh, uh, oftentimes people are buying multiple parts. So they have a job, right? Let's say they got into an accident. Uh, um, they might want uh, to buy a bumper or a bumper cover mm. uh, with that headlight that got also damaged with whatever else that might be there and they might not want to necessarily shop around one item at a time they want to get a set yes or a kit right uh, and so searching for those becomes interesting as well. Yes, I bet. that's the next layer of uh, complexity. And, and, and those kits, I, I imagine, um, aren't packaged, boxed up kits. They're, they're things that you put together for people uh, as and when. Exactly. So it's multiple SKUs just uh, set up and uh, uh, to be delivered together. Wow. It's making my head just thinking about it, actually, just thinking about my own car. Um, and, and in terms of artificial intelligence, you mentioned fuzzy logic. Do you use uh, any kind of uh, artificial intelligence uh, machine learning to, to figure some of this stuff out? We, we do use uh, machine learning in other areas in e-commerce, but not necessarily in search. Mm. I think search is pretty solved Cool these days. It's just a matter of applying uh, those systems. There is some, I would say, maybe you can call it artificial intelligence, but uh, what we're really doing is, you know, the keyword loading and figuring out uh, what uh, items to display to the user. Yes. Uh, on weighted averages and things like that. And, uh, that becomes important. Yes, yeah. And, and and from a marketing perspective as well, I guess there's another part to this, which is uh, keywords and search results and and right. all that. Yes. My God, yes. my head is about to explode. I just suddenly realized how big your job really is. <laughs> I'm fortunate enough to have enough team members that uh, have a focus on each area individually. Yeah, I bet. yes. That helps uh, make sure that uh, the whole... Uh, e-commerce system runs like a, a well-oiled machine yeah yeah and and i guess part of your role is is to kind of bring together those different teams to to actually work in the same direction you know um, not, not be pulling in different directions or coming up with uh, duplicate solutions you know i would say that's probably one of the biggest areas uh, where i contribute to is making sure that we have a roadmap 
that can be executed on where teams are not waiting on each other. That's right. There are no blockages and uh, uh, the system's flowing, you know, as a whole. Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. And and in terms of, um, you know, making sure that you're, you're kind of making sure these different boundaries are, are communicating uh, well, uh, again, coming back to this kind of remote working, has that, has that got better or worse? Um, I would say it's been... Neither, I don't know. Um, one of the things that I would say is the output probably has actually improved. Wow, okay. For many of the team members. Yeah, yeah. You know, people are not distracted as much and they can just focus. They don't get interrupted by someone coming over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like the old days of cubicles or right. office offices where someone can just lock their door and no one's going to bother them. That's right, yes. They can focus. Uh, so that's been good. I think the challenge is the the communication of uh, team members and feeling like they're socially a part of something. Yes. Uh, that's where the, the negative part comes in, right? Mm. Where uh, you do want to interact with people. And right now you can't even go out and hang out with your friends. That's right. So you really have a lack of interactivity yeah yeah I, I can imagine i i went out for the first time in four weeks in the car today and uh, i must admit i was desperate to speak to somebody you know which i did find somebody <laughs> to speak from a distance of course you know yeah so as you're uh, in your role as a senior vice president of, of of engineering do you find it hard to kind of resist getting involved in the kind of technological side the solutions and the doing uh, and, and 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 but remaining in the in that kind of leading role so I think that you need to do both, uh, even in any level, senior VP, VP. Um, yes, you have talented engineers uh, and uh, solution architects and managers and directors that report into you. Yeah. Um, but I think it's important for your sake uh, as a VP or senior VP to understand the whole picture and the only way to do that is to actually get into the weeds sometimes. Yes, right. Otherwise, if you are only looking at it from a high level, uh, you may miss the minute details or something that someone bubbled up to you, but you may miss the context of the severity of it. Right. And uh, you may make the wrong decision at some point. And... Uh, or leave the decision making to somebody else and may not be happy with the result later on. Yeah, right. And I think by participating, if not always, but sometimes, is important in that aspect. And you put in the attention to the most critical yes. pieces of the project, right? Yes. Uh, to make sure that the, those critical components that you care about the most have the most attention. Cool. So um, coming towards the end of our time together and, you know, it's, it's, it's fascinating looking into this kind of world that you just take for granted. You need to go and order some parts and it's, uh, uh, you know, it, it, obviously, you know, you boys and girls, uh, you, all your boys and girls kind of keep this stuff going. Um, so what are your hopes, finally, what are your hopes for the industry and what are your aspirations of what, what will happen? I think for the industry, I would say that I hope that we continue growing uh, in the automotive auto parts industry uh, and become what I would say like the Amazon of car parts, right? Oh, wow. You're just synonymous with that. Instead of going 
somewhere else. You're coming into carparts.com and buying what you need. Yes. I'm also um, kind of looking forward from a technology industry that we're we're going to continue growing and uh, you know we don't stagnate in this period. Right. Where we still have new innovations and um, in various other industries as well yeah yeah sounds good sounds exciting and i hope i hope things uh, continue to to work out for you and uh, and do well i i have to bring in the the, the conversation around it labs because obviously you've you've worked with it labs in the past yes definitely They're, they've been a very good partner excellent and, and what would you say would be the um uh the, the kind of main points about you know picking them as a as a partner in 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 doing some of the development work and so one of the best parts about um working with it labs is everyone on the team has a way to uh, clearly communicate and make sure that uh, all the deliverables are met and uh, i would say that uh, they have some very talented engineers they do yes yeah that's been a good part of working with it labs yeah so thank you for that, Eugene. That was really interesting. I'm sure I could talk to you hours for hours and hours, and maybe one day I'll be able to join uh, one of your Friday whiskey uh, 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 sessions. And for me, it'll be gin and tonic, I'm afraid. It's a very English thing go. at the moment. <laughs> so uh, I'll join you for a gin and tonic and we can find out more about your industry. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you so much as well. It's been a pleasure talking to you and sharing uh, my ideas and my experiences. Excellent. Keep safe and keep well. The CTO Confessions with TC Gill. Brought to you by IT Labs.